Welcome to Real Estate Investing Abundance, the show for busy, fulfilled professionals like you to learn how to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. Now, here is your host, Dr. Alan Lomax. Hello, enlightened investors. I'm your host, Dr. Alan Lomax, and what a pleasure it is to be with you today as we explore the ultimate investing guide for busy, fulfilled professionals. John Kasman is a real estate entrepreneur who has partnered with busy professionals to invest in over $100 million worth of apartments. John also consults active multifamily investors to help them share or grow their business. He hosts the Target Market Multifamily Insight Podcast and is the co-creator of the Midwest Real Estate Networking Summit. So, John, take us into the show by sharing a memorable experience from your formative years. Yeah, listen, there's a few different experiences that I could tap into, but I think one that's really relevant for the listeners here is early in my corporate career, I was working in the automotive industry back in 2007 to 2011. And as many of your listeners can imagine, that was around the time, 2008 in particular, is when the financial crisis kicked in. So I was working at an automotive firm you know, in Detroit, downtown, watching my bosses on the news, talking about the state of the business and whether or not we would have to go into bankruptcy. And the reason that's so important is it forced me to really think about how I made a living and not just my income, but what would happen if I lost my job. And luckily I was early enough in my career where I was only supporting myself. I didn't really have to worry about a family to take care of at that moment. But a lot of my peers were not so lucky. There were peers who had family, had medical conditions, had no other options, particularly since it wasn't like you get let go, just get another job at that time. No one's hiring. You know, everybody was pretty much con contracting in their business. So it really opened my eyes to other means of creating wealth and creating income. And that led me to real estate investing. So it was a really important time for me. And, you know, I won't say I'm happy that it happened, but it forced me to be creative in what I did with my time and my investments and act and proactively go out there and find ways to find another source of income. Those moments are never very pleasant. And well, being in Detroit, I mean, Detroit was one of the most worst hit cities during 2008. So I expect it was a pretty frightening time for you and many of your colleagues there. Well, you started out in apartment vesting, and so you know how to start from scratch. So give us the details on how we can get started. Well, I mean, for me, it really started with taking a look at where I was at at that time, right? So my very first investment deal was a two-unit property. And this was what they call house hacking, right? But you live in one unit, you rent out the others. And this is extremely popular for a two to four unit portfolio. Now, you may be far enough, far long enough in your life and kind of your career where you're not really looking to go back into apartment living. But if you are at that stage where you're comfortable living in an apartment, but owning the entire building, it's a great strategy. Financing is very favorable. You can invest with as little as three and a half percent down. That means if you buy a $200,000 property, you only got to put down $7,000 out of pocket. So very affordable for a lot of people who are renting. And I just love the strategy without going there. If again, if you're at a different life stage, you have kids, married, don't really want to downgrade. I think the next best thing you can do, particularly if you're a busy professional and have other passions and other things you want to do is look to invest passively with the group that's going out there, doing all the research, finding and vetting these opportunities and putting together these investments. 
That's a great way to get started. That way you don't have to be the expert yourself. Find people who are actively doing these deals and partner alongside of them. Well, John, sounds like great advice to me, but going in it in house hacking like you did, I mean, that's really a low risk way to get in and also a little bit of capital put into it. And it doesn't disrupt your lifestyle, particularly if you're willing and able to move into a duplex, uh, triplex or quadplex. It makes it really easy. But in terms of going into it passively, that sounds pretty easy. The problem with it is it's not at all like the stock market. And you can't go out there and just find a stockbroker and say, find me some stocks to invest in. So how do you find these passive investing opportunities? Yes, yeah, a great question there. You're absolutely right. You know, one of the challenges is that these deals and opportunities are not as readily available. You can't just fire up your computer or get on your phone and get on some app or device and invest in the next deal. One, these are illiquid investments. And that just means that typically you're going to be in these for more of a mid to long term. So expect to be in for like three to seven years. So that's one of the downsides. And then to your point, just finding these deals, finding the operators, the people who are investing in these deals, that could be challenging. With that said, there's a ton of benefits. And then I'll get to kind of uh, the core of your question. But what are the perks? First of all, cash flow. You get a chance to get you know annual cash flow, monthly or quarterly distributions. You get the appreciation, which in this inflationary market is huge. You have a lot of these properties that are going up significantly in value. You get to use leverage on these deals. So it's great that you have a loan on in place. So you don't have to buy all of these in cash. You get a chance to take advantage of uh, some fixed interest rates as well. And you get these tax benefits. Depreciation is key. And anyone who knows anything about creating wealth, it's not what you make, it's what you keep. And one strategy that the wealthy use are these different business tax deductions. And commercial real estate is just ripe for that. It's a great way to lower your tax liability and makes it very attractive, particularly for our professionals, our doctors, our engineers, our lawyers, those individuals that own a business or make passive income already. It's a great vehicle for them to pay less in taxes because they're doing something else for the country. Now, with that said, how do you find these deals? How do you find these operators? Well, one is to do what you're doing right now. Listen to podcasts. You get on blogs, get on the website, see who's out there, you know, who's talking, what is their strategy, what track record do they have, who are they connected to, and just learn, you know, listen to who's out there and, and find those people. Ask them, reach out to them, have a conversation. Dr. Lomax does some investing. I do some investing. Reach out. You know, our contact information is going to be in the show notes. So reach out and have a conversation. It doesn't mean you have to invest or you're ready to invest, but continue to learn. And you have to ask questions to get more and more comfortable. But find people who you feel you identify with. And if you're not ready to invest with them just yet, get on their mailing list and just see what they do. Are they consistent? How do they communicate? What can you expect? Get more comfortable. If you can find somebody who's done this, get a referral. Another great option is to look up investing groups in your area. It might be a meetup. So just maybe Google your city and, and multifamily investing or other multifamily investing groups. And you might find some different clubs and groups and maybe attend one of those events and see if there are people you can network with there. But if you can you know, use the social media, use different blogs and podcasts, and then try to meet people locally, those are three great ways to try to find people who are investing in these kind of deals. 
Well, excellent. I like how you mentioned podcast and social media and what have you, because a lot of times people tell me, well, the best way to do that is go to your local investment club or go to meetup clubs, which is not a bad thing to do. But busy professionals are already going to places and doing things and they just don't need one more social event on their calendars. But podcast, social media, online sources are readily available. So thank you for pointing that out. It's an excellent way to go about it. I would just add to the limitation with only going to your local events is you only have exposure to those people who are local and also the people who happen to show up. They have to show up as well. If they decide not to come that day, you don't meet them, right? So if you start with podcast, online, social, one, you can, you know, you can look across the country and figure out which markets you like and kind of get a comfort from that standpoint. But you also just have more options available and you can reach out that way. So I just think it makes sense to start broad. And then obviously, if you're more comfortable investing in your backyard, then you can obviously take that approach. Absolutely. And also, it's been my experience with local groups, and I have a very, very active and a pretty large group. There's relatively few people who are actually investing in multifamilies. But I mean, if you're going to start off, like you suggested, with the house hacking, it's a great place to go. and You're going to get some good context for that. But if you're going the passive route, the options are going to be limited there. So you told us a little bit of some of the reasons that this should, the cash flow appreciation leverage and depreciation, which are benefits you, I mean, you can get cash flow with stocks and bonds and what have you, if you know what you're doing, but that's a pretty risky way to do it from my perspective. But the appreciation and leverage and tax depreciation, that is, I don't know where else you're going to do that other than in real estate. Well, tell us a little bit more, give us a little bit more details on how it is that you can get started passively. You've given us some ideas on how to connect with passive investors, but what's the next step? Yeah. So, I mean, I think once you find a couple of groups or an operator that you're interested in working with, typically the very next step is you want to you know, research them a little bit more. And most of them will have some sort of form or contact us where you can get on their investor list or you can set up a phone call. So that's the next step is set up that conversation, get to know them a little bit more. I think it's really important to have this conversation because the other thing about these investments, typically you're looking at a minimum of around $50,000. Now, some may go down to $25,000, some are $100,000, but this is a pretty significant investment, right? This isn't just taking 500 bucks and putting it into it and see what happens. You're talking about a $50,000 investment. So if you're going to invest that kind of money, you want to really have a live conversation and understand what you can expect as an investor. What's the communication going to be like? Where do they source their deals? How do they structure their deals? You know, what would cause them to exit a deal early? What would it cause them to stay in a deal longer? How are they, you know, planning on reacting to a rising interest rate environment? Whatever questions you have, right? Figure out what those things are and make them your questions. What concerns would you have? Figure that out. So when you talk to them, you either alleviate those questions and concerns, or you might decide that you're just not comfortable with this group or right now at this time. And you can wait it out or talk to more people until you get more comfortable, but go into it with a clear understanding of, Hey, I want to talk to these individuals. I've got some questions. I have some concerns and let me see what questions I get back. Once you have that conversation, they'll typically, you know, approve you on their list and you will be able to access future deals that they have. Once they have an investment opportunity, typically is shared out. So at least in my case, 
you know, once you come on our investor list and we have a phone conversation, we'll send out deals as they become available. We'll reach out and we'll do a webinar. We'll talk about the deal. And if it's a fit for you, we'll go over any remaining questions that you may have. Our deals are first come first serve. And at that point, you go ahead and you make a commitment or soft commitment to do the deal. You review the private placement memorandum. So this is just kind of the legal documents to give you your ownership in the deal. And at that point, you sign those documents and then you make your investment. You're a part of the deal. We'll be right back after a brief announcement. Are you a busy professional, passionate about the work of your calling, yet realize that even though you love what you are doing, you're exchanging your time for money? You know that if you were to lose the ability to exchange time for money, your financial well-being will be in jeopardy. If you can relate, I have great news. Steve Tucker Capital is an investment company designed for professionals to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. Remove the anxiety of an uncertain financial future and go to steetalker.com. Get your free one-page 10-step guide to passive real estate investing. Uh, Yeah, and I just would reiterate that. I mean, John says to reach out to the people you're interested in working with. And I know a lot of us are hesitant to make those introductions. And oftentimes we think, I'm not going to give them my email because they're just going to spam me or they're just going to pester me with uh, phone calls I don't want. But that really just isn't the case. And from what I've experienced in the investment world and investors are, from my experience, they're just more than willing to just talk to you and answer your questions and talk to you like your next door neighbor. And it's not going to be an intrusive kind of call. And they're not going to ask for all kinds of information and you're not going to be pestered and bugged. So just reach out to those people and you'll find that it's a pretty welcoming environment there. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. And you have to keep in mind too that, I mean, this is a pretty significant investment. So we want to make sure that this is a fit for both parties. You know, I don't want anyone investing with me who's not ready and isn't comfortable because that doesn't bode well for that relationship. And they're not going to be a comfortable investor for us going forward. So we want to make sure we do answer any questions that you may have. And if we can address those questions or concerns, great. If you're not ready yet or it's not a fit, we're happy to have that conversation as well and just say, hey, you know what? Why don't you sit out this deal, wait a couple months or read some more information or whatever it takes to get you more comfortable Or maybe the timing is just not right, or maybe this is just not the right path for you. I mean, this is a great strategy, but it's not for everyone. And I'd rather have those conversations early and and get to that no, as opposed to string someone along and, you know, get them in on a deal that maybe isn't the right fit for them. Absolutely. And that relationship is really so important because, like you said, it's a long-term investment anywhere from a minimum of three years to anywhere up to seven or eight even sometimes 10 years, depending upon the type of investment. So it's important to get to know who it is you're getting in bed with because you're going to be with them for some time. There. Well, give us just a little bit more information. You mentioned that once an investment opportunity comes up, that you're going to put the word out to your list. And one of the things you're going to invite them to is a webinar. I can't talk today. So what are the kinds of things you mentioned? Private placement, uh, but what are the kind of things you're going to cover in that webinar? Yeah. I mean, basically for us, we try to keep it really simple and high level, right? So I would think of it this way. What's the information an investor needs to understand the business plan and to make a decision on whether or not they want to be involved in this investment. 
That's the way we're looking at it. So we want to educate them a little bit about us. Usually we hope they already know about us. And that's the point of having those phone calls and doing all that work up front. So it's not like, well, who's this guy? If you don't know us. You're probably not going to feel very comfortable, right? So we want to make sure you can get a level of comfort with us, the team, and understanding our philosophy as a company. So when we get a deal on that webinar, we want to talk about the market. So we want to familiarize people with the market key information, what's going on, and how that informs our business plan. And we spend most of the time really talking about our business plan. Here's what we're looking to do. Here's the property. Here's where we think the opportunity lies. Here's you know the kind of returns that we expect to be able to deliver for our investors. We obviously can't guarantee any of that, but we give our projections. We demonstrate, hey, based on what we see in the marketplace, Here's what we expect, you know, and then we give them the chance to join us or to ask any questions that they may have. So, I mean, to keep it kind of high level, we're trying to educate them on us, educate them on the market and educate them on the deal and the business plan. And just to reiterate, once again, these webinars, there is no obligation free and you can listen in and you can join in or not join in and no pressure one way or the other there. So um, how do you go about for those who are wanting to go out and do this more actively, how do you attract investors and raise capital? Yeah, well, I spent 15 years in corporate America doing marketing, right? So I mentioned my time in the automotive industry, but I've worked for Nike and you know, Coors Light, Mountain Dew, other big brands, and I've done a lot of campaigns. So I take a lot of the lessons learned from working with those large brands to what we do in this space, because ultimately all businesses are pretty much the same, right? I mean, there's a different product or service, but you've got an operations team, you got a product development team, you know, you have a sales and marketing team, operations, human resources. So that's pretty much the structure of almost every business. So in this case, when we're talking about how do we go out there and, and find new investors? Well, that's basically how do you find customers or clients for your business? So we want to understand who they are. That's the first step. Well, who are we talking to? In this case, for a lot of your listeners, I know we're talking to busy professionals, right? And that's the same kind of person that we like to talk to. People who, like me, were in corporate America, enjoyed their work, have a great job, maybe a high-paying job, and would like to invest so that they have more to show for this income that they're making with some assets, but they don't necessarily have the time to go out there and learn something brand new and figure out how to you know, invest in commercial real estate or whatever else they might be interested in so they can invest alongside us. And how do we do that? Well, we create content. Content could be anything like podcasts, blog posts, events, social media stuff. But we try to educate people and give them the answers that we believe they're looking for. And we become a resource for them. And as we become a resource and help them with valuable information to allow them to learn more about the process, you know, what to expect, some watch outs, red flags, giving them that kind of information, it becomes easier to build a relationship where they kind of know us, they like us, they trust us. And they maybe do more research, talk to other investors that we've worked with, and ultimately get comfortable, ready to invest with us. So one thing we do have available is a sample deal package where we've put together on our website. So you can go to kasmancapital.com slash sample deal. And there it's great for active investors who are looking to work with other investors or passive investors, because I found another hurdle is just getting your head wrapped around this can be hard. If your introduction to investing in large commercial deals is a live deal, it may be overwhelming. You may not even know what questions to ask. And if someone's putting a deal in front of you and they're telling you all the numbers and telling you how great the deal is, 
you know, you may just be apprehensive because you don't even know what you don't know. So this sample deal gives you a chance to at least wrap your head around a fictitious opportunity to see how the deal may be structured, to understand certain terminology, to learn what to look for in the market. And if you're active, this can give you a sense of, okay, when I'm talking to investors, here are the kind of questions I need to anticipate and I need to prepare for and need to get in front of. And I think it's just a great resource for anyone looking to invest in these deals, just so you can start to wrap your head around what you can anticipate moving forward. Yes, absolutely. So viewers and listeners, once again, that is chasmincapital.com. And there you will find a sample deal. It sounds like an excellent thing to be looking at and a way to start really getting educated so that when a deal does come along, you know what to look for. And your first time through, it is going to seem overwhelming. It really isn't as big a deal as what probably a lot of people think it is, but you do need to know the various different components that you're going to need to look at to understand any deal. And once you know what one deal looks like, then they're all going to follow that same template. And so it's a good place to start. And that is chasmincapital.com. Well, John, share with us one of your most difficult setbacks in life and share with us a little bit of how it is that you came through that time and what was the lesson learned from that? Well, I told, talked about my experience in the automotive space that forced me or nudged me to get into real estate. I also talked about starting with the house hack, living in a two unit, living in one unit, rented out the other. I slowly started to build our portfolio. My wife and I, we built our portfolio And as I was looking to scale, I decided to do two things. One was I was going to start multifamily investing with other people and and partner with people on deals, but I also wanted to start flipping, but I had never flipped, not really a construction guy. It's not my background. So I partnered with another developer and those deals did not pan out. You know, there were some red flags with that developer that we just missed flat out. And ultimately the deal just didn't pan out. I ended up having to take over, lost money on those deals. And it was really stressful and not just because of the deal and the money, but I was also working full time in corporate America doing marketing. I had just had my second child. So we had two young children. You know, I still had my multifamily portfolio that I was managing and overseeing, and I'm trying to grow that side of the business. So it was very stressful. It took a ton of my time. I found myself trying to leave the office early so I could go, you know, go on site and make sure contract was there doing what he's supposed to do. Or, you know, I was going into office late because I wanted to go in the morning to get to the jobs and it just stressed us out a crazy amount. So I'm glad I got through that, learned a ton about construction, learned a ton about vetting people and making sure you've got the right people that you're working with, but also that you don't have to do this the hard way. If I could go back looking at where I was, the better path for me was to take that money I was looking or to invest in these flips and just invest them passively into these other deals. I would have been able to learn more about you know, what it takes to be on the other side of the table of what I was building. I could have let someone else do all the hard work, ask them questions about, hey, why are you doing it this way versus that way, continue to grow, and also grow in my multifamily portfolio and get some passive income. The challenge with flipping, and again, every strategy can work. For me, I didn't have the time. And I think if I would have done a real audit, I would have known you do not have the time to try to flip a property. You have, you know, from nine to five, you're at work or you know, you're leaving to go get your kids. 
you don't have the time to be there. You can only go in the evenings and super early in the morning. So I shouldn't have been there in that space. And you just learn things the hard way. But again, overcame those issues. Looking back, I really wish I would have invested passively, but that's the lesson that helped power me to say, you know what? I want to make sure other people don't fall through this same issue and take on these headaches of trying to be a landlord or trying to be a flipper because they know the power of real estate investing, but maybe their only exposure to real estate investing is being a flipper or being a landlord when really there's some other strategies that can make it much easier for you. Well, thank you so much, John, for sharing that story and for sharing how you came through it and particularly the lessons learned from that. I can certainly relate. I had done several flips and did them pretty successfully. So I thought, oh, I can handle development. That's where the real returns are, is in development. And I just fell flat on my face and lost lots and lots of money. And had I done what you suggest, taken that same money and invested it passively, I'd have been far, far, far ahead. I mean, it was a hard lesson learned. And it wasn't just the money lost. I spent several years in major depression from the shame and the guilt and all of that that goes along with major losses like that. And there's better ways to do that. I'm glad you mentioned that last part because I don't often speak about that part, but it's real and it, it makes you question it. And it doesn't have to just be real estate, but think about it. I mean, most people from a financial standpoint, our biggest fear is that we're going to end up broke somehow, right? Just bad investment or get fired from the job. That is the fear of most people, right? Because again, that's the worst thing that could happen. And what ends up happening is if you don't take the appropriate steps to ensure that you are financially stable and you have that financial freedom, you can question yourself. And if you fall down on your face, do an investment or something goes wrong, you start to doubt yourself. And that's exactly what happened to me as well at that time. You know, simultaneously, I'm trying to grow this multifamily portfolio, but here I feel like a failure because this flip project didn't go as well. Now, yes, I had a partner and I could point the finger at that person, but ultimately I picked that partner and it was my money that I invested. So I had a lot of accountability there. So it did take some time before I could actually compartmentalize what happened, what I could have done differently, what I should have done differently and adjust those processes because it was a tough time. And I think if that's one of the things that's holding you back, you have to let it go. If you started investing 10 years ago and then the, you know, the crisis hit you or you were investing you know, 2007, 2008 and you got wiped out, you have to let those things go. You know, We all have that baggage. It just happens, right? You have to dust it off and get back up and try again. You know, It's just that simple. You have to focus on what's important. Just because you have one thing that doesn't pan out doesn't mean none of this works. We know there are plenty of people making money in real estate. And that's why I will never tell you, hey, this strategy doesn't work or don't do that. What I would say is think about what works for you. And what I found for me is I prefer cash flowing assets because the reason my flips didn't work is because they were on the market too long. We were overpriced and we were on the market too long. And if I could have held on a little bit longer and didn't need to get all my money back right away, I would have been fine. I mean, I read the market well. I do a great job of that, but it just, the property just sat and we overinvested. So that's the reason I like cash flowing properties because we're going to be positive cash flow out of the gate. And now it's just a matter of business operations. And that's more suitable to my background from corporate. That's more project management, team management, operations versus construction. If it's pure construction, I got to lean heavily on those construction people. But when there's more operations, that's where I have more of an advantage. So, you know, do an inventory as well. And just whatever failures you have, face those fears, face those failures and get over it and just continue to move forward. 
Well, enlightened investors, thank you so much for being with us today. And John, thank you for sharing your story and your wisdom. It's been a delight having you. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you for having me today. I appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in to Real Estate Investing Abundance, brought to you by Steve Talker Capital, a company working for passionate professionals like you to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. As part of our efforts to make the world a better place, Steve Talker Capital contributes to activities and organizations committed to better understand the equine. These endeavors attempt to enhance the human treatment of horses worldwide. Steve Talker Capital, working for a world where all creatures, great and small, flourish abundantly. For resources to develop your financial independence, connect with us at stevetalker.com.